flamethrowers. Lindsay Gibbs here. Welcome to Burn It All Down. We're so happy to have you here on this Thursday. And this week for our interview, I am so thrilled to be joined by Maggie Hendricks of Bally Sports. Maggie, thank you for coming on Burn It All Down. I am so excited. I love Burn It All Down so much. So I'm thrilled to get to be on it. It's very strange that we haven't had you on yet. Uh, definitely had to like triple triple check that. And I'm glad we're yeah. fixing that error of our ways. Um, so look, it's WNBA playoffs time. We are recording this on Tuesday. You are listening to it on Thursday morning is when it comes out. In between then, we'll have a couple of games played, but we're going to preview the first round of the WNBA playoffs and kind of make some predictions for further on. Um, if you have been a little overwhelmed this summer, haven't been paying as close of attention, this is the podcast for you. We want to get everybody kind of up to speed. <laughs> and I think the first thing to note is just that the format is different this year. The past few years, we've had a couple of sudden death games in the first two rounds. That is no more. We have uh, seeds one through eight, no buys. Everybody plays first round. The first round is best of three. And then the semis and the finals are best of five. There is no reseeding after each round like there has been previously. So that's another change. So it's kind of a more normal playoff format than the creative stuff the WNBA uh, did a few years ago, which I liked some of the creative stuff, but what I didn't love was the sudden death. So Maggie, first question, best of three. I think it's important for people to know the higher seed hosts the first two games and then if it goes to a game three is the only time that the lower seed would get a playoff home game. What do you think of that format? Cause WNBA has kind of done it all. They've done one, one, one they've done in the beginning. They did it where the lower seed hosted the first game and then they had two at the higher seeds. What are your thoughts on that format? Well, I like it because it's a heck of an incentive for those higher seeded teams to just get those games over with because as we know, you travel commercial in the WNBA, at least until the finals. So that means that you won't have to travel at all. And you, you don't even have to deal with it. And it's the WNBA players have been dealing with the exact same travel shenanigans that all of us have been. Yeah. So I think that they it's really, really a great incentive. And it's a great incentive for that road team to say, okay, let me steal one game then I'm going to make them come to my house. Yeah. You only have to win one game to get them to have to come to, to your place. So I like it because now the first round buys are, are gone and the first and second round buys, but that's still a really great incentive for to get into that top four seats. That's very true. It does make the seating matter a lot. Uh, I know the Washington Mystics who, you know, all season long, there were five teams that were kind of the, you know, championship caliber teams and so one of them was going to get that five seed it ended up being the mystics and they had some chances to not let that happen down the down the stretch but didn't make it um i i really wish we could do one 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 you know i think it's so important for fan bases to host playoff games i think it's such an energizing thing for fan bases and so i'm a little sad that likely a lot of them won't get that opportunity but i do understand especially because the WNBA doesn't see things by conference anymore. Um, so when they did do one, 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 that's when it was mostly Eastern conference and Western conference. So that made the travel a little bit less. Whereas now if you had like one, one, one from DC to Seattle, that's a lot. 
Yeah, if they were having charter flights throughout the playoffs, I'd say, yeah, let's do one, one, one. But man, can you imagine having to go back and forth to Connecticut? How difficult it is to get to the to the Suns arena? Like, no, thank you. No, thank you at all. An actual nightmare. Yeah. Well, now that we talked a little process, let me go through the top eight seeds. We have number one, Las Vegas Aces. Number two, Chicago Sky. Number three, Connecticut Sun. Number four, Seattle Storm. Number five, Washington Mystics. Number six, Dallas Wings. Number seven, uh, New York Liberty. And number eight, Phoenix Mercury, I believe. Um, It was a race to the finish. We had the Dream. We're very close to getting a playoff spot and didn't quite make it. And the Lynx as well, very close to getting a playoff spot and didn't make it. But I think this is a pretty good group of eight. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, Cheryl Reeve made a comment during her kind of postseason press conference that you have to do certain things to make the playoffs. And we didn't do those, so we don't deserve to be in the playoffs. And I think that that's true. And when you have this with such a small amount of teams and you have to keep beating the same teams again and again, I think that ends up making for a really good process of choosing the playoffs and making it just the straight top eight, because as we've seen it, it does always make a really good playoff run. Yeah, it's really fun. You know, I know there was a lot of people very angry with Kurt Miller because he put his starters in uh, in that game, the Sun versus the Lynx. But you know what? I had friends who were at that game and had brought like kids to that game for the first time. And like that was their first WNBA game ever. And like, what does that show you if they're just like throwing in the towel, right? Like winning still matters. And I feel like anybody who's mad at that hasn't been close to any high level athlete, honestly, because the thing is, is they want to win to get to the level where they are. You have to be crazy competitive. You just have to be. And so just because Connecticut had their seed settled doesn't mean they want to be nice to Sylvia Fowles. They gave her stuff before the game. That was how they were nice. Then the game starts. And as you mentioned, like, Cheryl Reeve doesn't want any handouts. No. (laughs) Cheryl Reeve does not want your pity party. Um, Okay, so let's start with the games that we're going to have on Wednesday night. This means... Game one will already be in the books by the time you all listen. Um, But we've got number one, Las Vegas Aces versus the number eight, Phoenix Mercury. I would say this is as a number one versus number eight matchup would be. This is the most lopsided (laughs) possibility. Uh, Do you want to remind people if they haven't paying attention a little bit of like what Phoenix has gone through this season? (laughs) It's been a lot. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the number one thing is that in February, their very best player was detained by Russia and continues to be wrongfully detained as defined by the State Department. So please don't fill my mentions with telling me that, well, she broke the law. Shut up. We're believing the State Department. Yes, we we are. We are firmly in the bring BG home yes. camp as soon as possible. So I should I should have more faith in flamethrowers to also be in that camp. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you're, I don't know that our listeners are going to be flooding your mentions. Yes. But so that was the first thing. And that's not a small thing that has clearly been something that has weighed on that team. Every single second of every single day, they talk about her before and after every game, they make sure she's still on the, she's still in the injury injury list every single time she's on the injury report. So like, it's, it's not something that like happened and then gone, then went away. It's continuing to weigh on them. Um, there've been several flare ups between their two best remaining players, 
Diana Taurasi and Skylar Diggins-Smith. Uh, after Diana Taurasi didn't make the all-star team, the uh, team's rookie head coach said that it's not a valid all-star team, even though Skylar Diggins-Smith had made it. And Skylar Diggins-Smith promptly tweeted that clip with a clown emoji. And then there was the Tina Charles divorce that uh, Tina Charles <laughs> and the team just said, you know what, this ain't working. And they got a contract divorce. And Diana Taurasi has been injured at the end of the season and Skylar Diggins-Smith missed the end of the season for personal reasons. Yeah. By the way, as we're talking about this, we have no idea if we will see Diana or Skylar <laughs> in the playoffs. I would say probably not. Um, the way there's been no update, um, we would expect the first injury report would come out sometime later today for that game. Um, so, you know, caveat, you know, we're not sure. But it's been a rough season. It's it's honestly all the credit in the world goes to the the play of Skylar Diggins Smith, who's had an MVP caliber season, um, and also you know Shea Petty and Brianna Turner, and I mean I know she is not a favorite of the Burn It All Down audience, and for good reason. But Sophie Cunningham yeah. on the court has been remarkable. They moved her to the four, and she's been she's been great. Diamond DeShields too has been an incredible addition. Oh my God, Diamond DeShields! Yeah. You know Bree Turner's tweeted, you know wins our thirty for thirty coming out and like I don't care if this team gets swept in the first round they like that's it's worthy of one and with a rookie coach Vanessa Nygaard who I think probably had the most difficult assignment a rookie coach could ever even possibly have and of course management didn't know about a lot of things when they hired her mainly Griner's detainment but I think you know, it's questionable whether or not, you know, someone is an experience as she is, should have gotten it. But I think kudos to Phoenix for their grit, for their um, perseverance. But what do you, do you expect them to get a game or two against the Aces? No, I don't. I, I think, I think that they're going to go to Vegas and in their season will end on Saturday. Um, and it's not just because they, they first of all, have a very short bench because of all of those injuries and issues and contract divorces and all of that. And like on Sunday, Kayla Davis, who they had just signed, went down with an ankle injury. And it's just been stuff like that. So um, I, d- I don't expect them to get anything. And also that offense of uh, the Aces is so overwhelming. And outside of Bree Turner, they don't have much in the paint in Phoenix. So I think they're going to be able to just overwhelm them pretty quickly. Yeah. So the Aces took the season series three to nothing, but they actually haven't played since May because scheduling is weird. I agree. I think even if Skylar and Diana come back, the Aces with under Becky Hammond, they are shooting threes. They are dominant in every way except for depth and that's something we can talk about a little bit later um this is actually a a battle between the teams with the two worst benches in the league yeah aces bench only averages 12.9 points per game mercury only 13.9 points per game 
course, the Aces starters much better. But I think, yeah, I'm with you in expecting an Aces route. And, you know, I don't think their lack of depth is going to bother them there. We also have on Wednesday night, so game one's in the books, uh, actually series I'm very excited for. Um, I think I'm really excited for every series, maybe except for Aces Phoenix. But you've got the Chicago Sky, the defending champions, versus the New York Liberty. Um, Chicago won the series uh, three to one. You are in Chicago, Maggie, so you spent the most time with the Sky this season, I would assume. Yeah. But what what have you seen from them? I mean, they had a much better regular season than they, than they did last year when they won it all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so crazy that the Sky won the championship and then went and improved the roster by adding Emma Mieseman, Julie Aleman, and Rebecca Gardner. And, like, I feel like those players are going to be the ones to, to make the difference. I mean, Emma is just, as you well know, watching her in Washington for many years, Emma Mieseman just in the paint has been incredible. And I'm excited to see her and Natasha Howard and Stephanie Dolson, you know, just battle and down low. It's going to be so fun. Oh, it's going to be so fun. I do expect that the sky is going to win both games because they are so good at home. And the one loss they have to Liberty was after a, it was on a back-to-back where they of course had travel issues all day and didn't get into New York until like 10 AM for a 6 PM game. And it was, so it was a tough one um, for, for Chicago, but I don't think it's going to be a route like I think Phoenix, Las Vegas will be. I think they're going to be some fun games and we're going to see some fun battles. I mean, Kalia Copper and Stephanie Dolson know each other very well. They're very good friends. They're still going to go at each other and it's going to be a blast. So I, I think that's fun. And then also something to, to point out is Olaf Lang, one of the assistant coaches for uh, New York, who is also Sandy Brandello's husband, he was an assistant coach with the Sky last year. He won a championship with the Sky last year. So he knows the Sky and he knows James Wade very well. So I think that we're going to see some good strategy battles too. Yeah, I mean, look, the Liberty are the healthiest they've been all season too. You know, they finally got Laney back, Benajah Laney's, you know, playing well. Uh, Natasha Howard has had some great games lately. They won, I believe, six of their last eight. They had to win a lot to get in, so they're a hot team coming in. Uh, Sabrina Nescu has, you know, any hype lived up to it, exceeded it even, right? Like, to this point, I mean, she's been remarkable. I'm very excited to see her against the phenomenal guards of the sky, you know, with so much on the line. I think that'll be a lot of fun to watch. And, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think, like, these are going to be series that you want to watch, we have to mention Han Zhu. If you haven't seen Han Zhu play yet, like for the New York Liberty, they're what, six foot nine, six foot 10, six eleven. How old, tall is she? I don't know, but. I believe six foot 10 and the tallest in the W. Unfortunately, uh, Li Yaru, the Sky's Chinese very tall player, is uh, not with the team for national, national team things. So unfortunately, we're not going to get to see them play each other, but. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. But they did have a, like when Chicago was in New York, the ambassador from China came to the game and it was a whole big thing when they played each other. That's so cool. This is a series. I would not be surprised if Liberty stole a game. I would be shocked if this guy lost it. Yeah. Just because, uh, and I also though wouldn't be that surprised if it was kind of back-to-back routes. But I think if you look at where the W is right now with these teams that are in the lower range, right? The Liberty, the Wings, 
the dream. It's just like the future. It is bright. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's so exciting. Yeah. It's just so cool. I was in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago to do stories on the dream. And, you know, just talking to the players and talk, talking to Ryan Howard and Nas Hillman and to their, to their coach, to Tanisha Wright. Like, I was so, I just was so excited for the future. And I was really hoping they would end up making the playoffs. They didn't end up doing it, but I just am really excited to see what next year is going to be because I, especially with some of the big retirements, I think we're going to, there's going to be some changeover starting to happen. And I mean, that's thrilling. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, these younger teams, like you're going to have to keep up with them. Like they're going to start setting the pace. I truly believe. Now, one other thing I just wanted to mention is that the Liberty do lead the league with 9.7 three points made per game. And I know that can be Chicago can get cold at times offensively. Right. They, they're they one of those teams like the Mystics where you watch them for quarters and you're just like, what? what? This is the basket. <laughs> Put the ball into it. Yeah. Like, how are you one of the best teams in the league? It looks like you've never met each other right. before. <laughs> they, you know what? They have had those moments before. And I've, I've been covering this guy for four years now. It is incredible, though, how Candace Parker's presence and her leadership yeah can help them when they have that those problems because she does a very good job of just snapping them back into attention and saying, you know who you are, remember who you are. And it's it's really been a, a delight of having her in Chicago to watch her. I mean, yes, of course, her basketball is incredible, always. But to watch her leadership and to watch how she talks to every single player on the team, I, like try to keep an eye on it during the playoffs because it is so cool to watch how she how she handles that. I agree. And like you mentioned the top, one of the most intriguing kind of, I think, you know, the Sabrina Ionescu versus, you know, Slute and Quiggs is going to get a lot of headlines here. But I think that seeing that battle in the post between a healthy Natasha Howard, maybe a little bit out for revenge, you know, uh, Steph Dolson, mm-hmm. you know, you always get a little chip playing your other team. And then Candace Parker is going to be really fun. Yeah. Every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team. Doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts. You just need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com slash blue wire to start hiring today. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thursday night's games. These are the closer seed wise um, matchups. And I think. Whew, I, yeah, lots of thoughts. So we will have on ESPNU or NBA TV on Thursday night. Um, now, 
That is infuriating that we're left with ESPNU or NBA TV. I should say that this matchup will be the ABC game on the weekend. So that's a little bit helpful, I think. But I'm still going to complain about this because this is ridiculous. But anyways, you've got the number three Connecticut Sun versus the number six Dallas Wings. Dallas won this series two to one in the regular season. These are two of the hottest teams in the league. The Sun have been 11 and three since the All-Star break. Dallas won six of its last eight, and that includes wins over the Sky, Aces, Dream, and Liberty. So over some playoff teams and, you know, the Dream almost being a playoff team. Obviously, you know, this is a Bally team. So I'm going to ask you about Dallas. And first, I'm going to ask you, they've been without Arike, and they're going to be without Arike, I believe, this series, this whole series. How have they been so good without Arike? Well, I mean, honestly, playing with Arike means playing around Arike. Yeah. And they cater to her, which they should. She's an amazing player. That's what you do mm-hmm. with amazing players. But I think they have found a rhythm without Arike. And I and I had did spend some time in Dallas this season for, I was there for a couple of games. And it's it is clear that like there's a completely different tenor on the court when Enrique is on or when she's not. And so they found some comfort. They found a lot more comfort playing in the paint when she's not on the court. And Tira McCown has really just, I mean, she was the WNBA player of the month for a reason. She just has been fantastic. She has really just become a lot more comfortable. And it's it's kind of something I think a lot of us have been waiting for is to see this Tierra McCown be comfortable in the paint, be comfortable with her size, and just own the paint. It's so fun to watch finally happen because, like, we know we didn't see that in Indiana. And it took her some time to get comfortable and for Dallas to get comfortable with her. But now, like, you've got Kayla Thornton in the paint, you got Izzy Harrison and Tierra, and it's just it's a fun team to watch like when they're hot and Alicia Gray is hot and and is ready to just make every shot. It's fun. And Marina and Babry literally just loses her mind at times. (laughs) Sometimes good. Sometimes not so good. (laughs) But no, I think it's really important. I remember, you know, for years, Cheryl Reeve, good times and bad. Like, why are we not playing through Syl in the post? Right? Like, yes, we've got these great guards. Yes, we've got, but we have to play through Sylvia Fowles. And I feel like that's a little bit like what the Wings have, been, have done, right? right? Instead of playing through Enrique, they're playing through McCown. And they're being like, we have this kind of unstoppable force. And I I don't know if this is my upset pick, but like, I'm really afraid to pick against the Sun. They're great. Um, but I like what's happening in Dallas, which is surprising to me because – there were a lot of questionable moves earlier this yeah. season and they had drama too. Isabel Harrison, like, you know, speaking out against Vicki Johnson for not playing her. Like there's been drama and here they are the number six seed. Yeah. There's a lot of on the court stuff. I don't necessarily agree with Vicki on all of it, but man, there are times after a press conference where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go run a marathon right now because she just, the way she, she pumps people up just makes me like, makes me want to like, can I work for you? Like what, what can I do? Because just the way she can do that. Now if the players are on board with her, not it's a completely different story. And, you know, we're not in that locker room, so we can't see it all. But I do think everything kind of is trending it up at the right time for them. And since it is just a best of three series, if this was the best of five, I would say Connecticut, no question. 
you only got to come away with two wins. That's it. I do think Dallas can do this. I don't know, but I think they can. And I think three-point shooting is going to be the – like we've been talked all about post, yeah. right? And post is important. And you're definitely going to need McCown to be scoring – getting her double-double and scoring 20-plus. And that's – I say that like it's an easy thing to do against Jonquil <laughs> Jones and Brianna yeah. Jones and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, you just have to do that. You have to do it. But if there's a weakness in that Connecticut team is the three-point shooting. It's not their comfort zone. It's not the thing that they are the best at. Yeah. Whereas Dallas can get absurdly hot from behind the arc. When when Marina Mabry gets going, then it's like she's shooting shockwaves through her fingers because everybody else is getting it. It's going to get going too. So she, like if Marina can get hot, that's really bad news for Connecticut. So, yeah. you know, and so I think that is going to be the thing to watch is, is like, can those three pointers, can the Kintai Harris, you know, all these, there, there are people on the wings, can they get hot? And if they can, that's, that's trouble for Connecticut. But let's talk. We don't want to hashtag disrespect anyone um, here. No, no, no. disrespect, CT. <laughs> not us. Not us. You know, the Connecticut Center is still the number three seed. They still have uh, last year's MVP, John Quill Jones. They have Bree Jones, who is, I think, one of the best stories in the W right now. And just a testament to giving players a little bit of time to develop, you know? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, her versus um, Tierra McCown just feels almost like a throwback, like matchup of centers, right? right. Like right. we're just not used to seeing, you know, we're used to seeing so many more hybrids. Um, but uh, what is going to be the key for the Sun to? I mean, I think very much the Sun are in a position where they need to win a title in the next couple of years. Like it's time. Like it's time. They're not early in their development anymore. Right. They of course, yeah. again, suffered a devastating injury this year. Jasmine Thomas out. It seems like they can never have all of their big players healthy at the same time. And that's devastating. Um, but they've managed to obviously click at the right time. So what should people be looking out for from Connecticut and why are they still the number three seed? I think the key is going to be controlling the paint. I mean, I, I, I know we just talked all about it with Dallas, but I think that's a, that's a huge thing. And having, and Jonquil Jones being able, she can score from anywhere. So like, how will they be able to deploy that and deploy what Jonquil Jones can do? Like, cause we know she can be an outside threat. So like, are they going to be crafty enough to use that against Dallas and her, will she be able to make those shots? Um, and also like, Alyssa Thomas is an outstanding player. She's an all-star. She was my pick for defensive player of the year for a reason, but she also can get emotional in games and get kind of caught up. And when you have Marina Mabry on the court with you, (laughs) you need to figure out a way to control that because it's going to be Cordy Williams versus Marina Mabry. Like, I don't know that they're both coming out of this alive. I can't believe we're just now mentioning Cordy Williams versus Marina Mabry on the outside. I'm I'm like, it's just, it's so, so much. I will say if John Quell Jones has a weakness, which she really doesn't, but you know, we're, we're splitting hairs. She can disappear at times. It's true. She can forget that she's John Quell Jones. She's very passive. She's very laid back. I've interviewed her about this for years. She's from the Bahamas. She's got this just kind of like chill Island vibe. Right. 
And that doesn't mean she's not competitive, but she can. I've seen her in big games. Forget that she's John Quill Jones. That she's John Quill Jones, right? And Tierra McCowan, like the, the Wings have enough talent to take advantage of that if she's not playing at, at her best. She, you know, Connecticut has enough, enough talent that they can sometimes get away with her doing that. I think she's going to need to be maybe not at her best best, but she's going to need to be very good. Very good. Yeah, I agree with that. All star level. Yeah. Another thing I would say concerned is if she gets in foul trouble early. That's usually where she really gets off. And Tierra McCallum is a player that can get you in foul trouble yeah. early. I would actually, now that I've talked myself into it, I would say fouls could be a huge, huge, huge part of this game in yeah. the post. Because Tierra, Tierra gets a lot of a lot of what I call the Brittany Griner fouls. Yeah. I remember Brittany complaining about how she just gets fouled sometimes for being a large person and and just existing as a large person on the court. And Tierra has those too. Tierra is a large person who's very strong. And so that can mean like, that can mean that she looks, the things she's doing look a lot worse than they are. And so a lot of times you get calls for that and it sucks, but it's there. Absolutely. I would still pick Connecticut, but once again, I'm very excited about that series. Um, And then finally, we've got our four versus five, number four, Seattle Storm versus number five, Washington Mystics. I think a lot of us have since 2018 in the finals. Um, when the Mystics played the Storm, been clamoring for a healthy Elena Deladon versus a healthy Brianna Stewart playoff series. Hell yeah. I don't know if this is quite the one we envisioned where it was just the best of three, where it was in the first round and, you know, where it, you're not even guaranteed a game in D.C. I don't think this one counts necessarily towards my big wish, but <laughs> it exists. And I, though, think this is bad news for the Mystics. What do you think? I think this is bad news for the Mystics, too, mostly because of the timing of it. I mean, just mm-hmm. lately, Seattle has been terrifying. I mean, they took down Chicago. They took down Minnesota without, like, blinking. They just, they look so, so good. And they came so close to beating Las Vegas. And to me, what was the best game of the regular season, that Seattle-Las Vegas game? I don't know, the very just, last game. Yeah, The very last game. Last day of the season, and it was the most high-level thing. Like, I, I couldn't believe I had I was watching a non-playoff game. And actually, uh, my co- one of my coworkers at Bally Sports' brother texted her to say, are you sure this isn't the playoffs? I think this is the playoffs. And she was like, no, it's not. It felt like game five of the finals. It, it was electric. And, I mean, everyone, Chicago and Connecticut, are both – very deserved of their seeds and everything. But, you know, I think Seattle and Washington could be in that two and three spot. Nobody would really think, you know, like, no, no, even if, you know, even if you've been watching this season, you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't blink twice, right? You wouldn't be like, oh, this feels really wrong, you know? And um, like I said, we've had five elite teams all season long. The Storm, though, I mean, we talked about that contract divorce with Tina Charles, the Phoenix Mercury and Tina Charles. Well, the other side of that was the Seattle Storm got Tina Charles midway through the season. And it she didn't integrate overnight. She didn't learn their playbook overnight. It took a few weeks. But these last two weeks. Yeah. I mean, she's just looked like vintage Tina Charles, what we expect Tina Charles to look like. And she just has brought out also brought out some kind of a little bit of edginess in some of the other players in Seattle. I think Ezzie Magbacore 
has been playing with a little bit more edge since Tina's been around. And that's great. Like, that's what you want Tina Charles to do. Yeah. And I mean, look, you know, this is Sue Bird's final playoff run. They want to get one for Sue. Tina Charles has, I mean, you know, I follow the Mystics the most closely. They're the team that I used to be the beat reporter for when I lived in D.C. And, you know, Tina Charles, there's no love lost between Tina Charles and the Mystics. Things did not go well and they didn't end particularly well last year. You know, that's not a secret from anyone. And the way, you know, Tina and Phoenix and the way all that all happened was just like a lot. But there have been a few moments. Number one, when um, the Storm clinched the playoff, their playoff spot this year. And Tina Charles was told in the press conference and she started crying. Yeah. And she just said, like, it's been since 20, you know, it's been, it'd been like four or five years since she'd been back in the playoffs. Yeah. And like, she's very transparent about the fact that she's hunting for a ring. And that's fine. Like, I don't have a problem with that, you know? And um, sometimes a team that has won often, like the Storm, not that they're not hungry on their own, right? But they want to win for the people on their team that haven't experienced that as well, right? Like, they want to get Tina her ring, I'm sure. Totally. You know, that's meaningful. So... I do think, and it is going to be electric in Climate Pledge Arena, is that what we're calling it? Um, yeah. In Seattle for the end of the, the Sue Bird era. And it's terrible news for the Mystics, who I don't think are a team that is worthy of a first-round playoff exit by any means. Like, I, you know, I think of them as a semifinal team. But ultimately, they lost too many games in the regular season. Um, Elena Deladon... She took a lot of strategic rest breaks for her back. She seems to be healthy right now. She's been a little bit of a shooting slump, but they played their last two regular season against season games against Indiana, which is definitely what you need if you're in a shooting slump. Yes. Like, that'll help. Um, it'll help you find your aim. Thank you, Indiana, for accepting. You know, I mean, I don't want to say that the Mystics don't have a shot. The Mystics do have uh, an outside shot. It's just a very uphill battle for them right now. Yeah, I think they're going to rue their loss to the Sparks um, a lot because I think this would be a very, very, very different situation if these two games were in Washington versus the first two games from Washington versus it's Seattle. But I do want to give a shout out to Natasha Cloud, who was the assist leader this year, which is just like a huge deal for Natasha, like Natasha Cloud. Like that's just incredible. And um, Shakira Austin, if you have not watched Shakira Austin play yet this year, so fun to watch the Mystics rookie center. She was the number three overall pick and she gets, she is phenomenal and she gets up for big games. Like I would not be surprised if she stuffs Stewie at some point in this. Do you know what I mean? Like not saying she's better, than Stewie but I'm saying like she's gonna have her highlight reel moments yeah. like she is here for this I completely agree with that and and just because of happenstance I haven't seen the Mystics as much this season but it has been fun to really watch Shakira's development to see Alicia Clark Black back too like to see that and to see uh, them finally healthy again you know the Mystics yeah. look like the Mystics again almost I would say that the Mystics defense has been incredible this year. I think they're, you know, in the conversation for top defense, I think their guards are, you've got Ariel Atkins, Natasha Cloud, and Alicia Clark as like your three main guards. Like it can be suffocating. And then Shakira Austin, you know, down there in center. And then 
the fifth in that starting lineup is Elena Delatour. Right. <laughs> it's no slouch either, right? So we're talking like they have been elite defensively this year. They have not been elite offensively. You know, I do think that they're going to need everybody on the team yeah. to be having not their best night ever, right? Maybe 90% of their best night ever. Yeah, maybe 90%, right? But we we nobody can have a one for seven night, right? right. Like they, they have had these games where they have seven, eight players in double digits. You know, they have that capability with Maisha Hines-Allen, Shatori Walker, Kimbrough, um, you know, these players coming off of the bench. Like they have that capability, but there's just been way too many nights where – you know, they've just been off and they're not going to have that luxury against Seattle. You know, it's yeah. going to have to all fit. And it's it's honestly really funny. So the winner of the Seattle versus Washington will play the winner of the Aces versus Phoenix. And Washington matches up against the Aces. Great. I think they might have won that series to Washington. They would have preferred that one. Yeah. yeah. I would give them a better shot to make the finals, especially in a best of five series, to win that semifinal series against the Aces than yeah. I would in this first round against Seattle. It's kind of their worst case scenario. But so that'll be, and then we'll have the winner of Connecticut versus Dallas play the winner of Chicago versus New York and semifinals and finals, best of five. I mean, this is just so good. It's so <laughs> good. It's like, I am so excited for every single game of the playoffs. I'm not kidding. There's not one that I'm like, eh, I could miss that game. No, like I'm like the games that I'm going to in Chicago, I'm sad that I'm going to miss the games that are also happening that night. And I was excited yeah. when I saw Saturday, Chicago was playing at noon Eastern and then the Aces play at 8 Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern. So I'll get to see both games. And I'm so thrilled about that because it's just, I mean, every single game is its going to be a banger and I can't wait. I'm just not going to be leaving my house much. And that is okay. That's why delivery, food delivery exists. Oh, don't get me started. If you've been following my whole damn kitchen saga, like, oh my God. I have. I'm so sick of delivery. I never thought I could get sick of delivery. But anyways, everyone needs to go follow Maggie uh, on Twitter and follow her work with Bally Sports. She is on TV some. We got TV stars. She's writing things. And I don't know, someone who's been following Maggie's work for years. It is so cool to see her uh, getting her shine. Uh, Maggie, you want to just, I'm not going to argue these with you because I am not a voter. And I said, because I wasn't a voter, I was not going to have strong opinions this year because it was, these awards are too tough, hard. morally neutral on it all. Yes. But who are your award winners? Let's say, start with exec of the year. I uh, James Wade for that of the Chicago Sky, because I was very impressed um, with how he brought in Emma Mesa. I mean, even if he just brought in Emma Mieseman, that would be enough. But then also trading for Julie Alamond and, and also finding Rebecca Gardner is a 32-year-old rookie and she's making a huge impact. It's so fun. It's so fun. Rookie of the year. Okay, I'm not morally neutral on this. If you don't pick Ryan Howard for rookie of the year, even though Nelissa Smith and Shakira Austin both had great years, like Ryan Howard from the Atlanta Dream is absurdly good. Yeah, and she's clearly someone that they're going to build the franchise around and to me that's that's exactly who you give the awards to yeah and she was an all-star her rookie year like mm -hmm. that's rare yeah coach the year you gave a nod to becky hammond of the aces 
to me, it was kind of a race between her and then Tanisha Wright in um, for the dream. Because yeah. I think they way overshot their expectations this season. But, um, you know, it's hard to win coach of the year if you don't make the playoffs. So I'm, I'm not against that pick. Yeah, that was basically my thinking. I was going back and forth between Hammond and Tanisha Wright. And then, yeah, the team didn't make the playoffs. So it's hard to say that's where you belong when, you know, you're not. Yeah. So and I think it's amazing that Becky Hammond took basically the exact same amount of same players that Bill Lambert had and said, oh, wait, no, we can have fun on offense and then turn them into the best offensive team in the league. Defensive player of the year, Alyssa Thomas. Has she won the award before? She has to have, right? No, I don't think she has. I think she's been an all-star, like it's been on the all-defensive team, but I don't think she's won it. All right, well, she should definitely, she deserves that. And then MVP, Asia Wilson is your pick. And I, it's been between Asia and Stewie all year. And I don't know how you pick, nor do I know how you're up, you're like, angrily yelling at people on Twitter mad for people picking somebody else. Right, right. Like if I would have said that Mariah Jefferson was my pick over nothing wrong with Mariah, but over there's something wrong with her as MVP. Yes. Yes. But her there, she is not an MVP. But when you're choosing between Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart, like I don't think there's a wrong pick. It literally in my mind came down to one play in that amazing game on Sunday. And that was when Asia Wilson stuffed Brianna Stewart. And I was like, okay, I'm giving it to her. But either one of those choices is fine. And honestly, what makes me really happy is just how, what these two players mean for the future of the league. I mean, one of them's got a statue of her at South Carolina. Another has her own shoe. They're both exciting and personal people. I mean, how lucky. Asia Wilson, I got a PR email saying that she has chips now. There's like some Asia Wilson chips or something. Yes. She is now sponsored by <laughs> Ruffles. <laughs> Ruffles. Which has long been my we got one chips. of my favorites. WNBA chips. Yes. All right. If you had to pick before you go, I'm going to make you do it. What's our finals and who's our winner? I think Sky Aces and Sky win it in five because they have the deeper bench. I think... I, I can see that playing out, but I'm like super high on Seattle right now. I do think if there's anybody who can knock off Chicago in five, Seattle has the best because they do also have a good bench more than Las Vegas. And that's what I think happens. I think, I don't know. I mean, I could see any of the top four winning it all. I really think that there's a case for it. Yeah. All right, Maggie, how can people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Maggie Hendricks. Though my Instagram is just, me sewing stuff so you know it's up to you and sometimes baking maggie i do a lot of baking and pictures of my dog sully so but still at maggie hendrix m-a-g-g-i-e-h-e-n-d-r-i-c-k-s awesome thank you so so much for being on burn it all down long overdue we will make sure it is not five years until we have you back thank you that's it for this week's episode of burn it all down this episode was produced by tressa versteg shelby weldon is our web and social media wizard we are part of the blue wire podcast network follow burn it all down on facebook twitter and instagram listen subscribe and rate please rate the show uh, on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify google play tune in we've got show links and transcripts on our website burn it all down pod.com and there's also a link to our merch at our bonfire store. Once again, you can find that all at burnitalldownpod.com. Thank you to our patrons. 
Uh, your support literally makes all of this possible. If you want to become a sustaining donor, visit patreon.com slash burn it all down, burn on, and not out.